what is the difference between acceptance and radical acceptance? And what I came to is that radical acceptance is the active choice to choose yourself. The action of asserting yourself into the narrative of life instead of allowing the narrative of others become your life. Welcome queer kittens to Quest, a journey to wellness. I'm V, a two-spirit human, joy influencer, energy worker, and dad Joe connoisseur. All pronouns accepted. Our mission with this podcast is to help queer folks find radical acceptance through loving themselves and others in their community. You'll hear stories from folks who have taken their happiness and well-being into their own hands by examining what they've found helpful along the way. We hope this podcast brings you joy where you'll learn, laugh, heal, and grow. Welcome back, queer kittens, and welcome, new earballs. We talk a lot about radical acceptance on the pod, and coming off the holidays and being with a family and loved ones, I think we could all say we all need a little bit of holiday aftercare. And for you kinksters out there, you know what I'm talking about. Because the chaos of the holidays, it throws us off our vibe. Like, we get out of our routine. We get out of our comfort bubble of the safe spaces that we're cultivating. And sometimes we get into those spaces that bring up old triggers, new triggers, and trying to navigate through those sometimes can be challenging and here on the pod you know we we felt it to be very necessary to do a little aftercare together talk about a lot of these things that come up for us and share ways that we overcome some of these things and also just be vulnerable with somebody else and just talk these conversations that we don't often share. And I think that simply us having these conversations today, I know is going to be healing. Because every time I talk with this team, it's healing. And because of that, we got two of the Quest team members jumping on today with us. We have the lovely Stevie Kwa for their fourth appearance on our podcast. <laughs> and we're going to have Rafaela Landestoy. And for those of y'all who don't know, she is my partner. So you will see us in the video together for those of y'all who are on YouTube. And, you know, without further ado, I'll let them introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Stevie, um, non-binary, all pronouns accepted. Uh, I love tigers and mushrooms still. And uh, my big astrological three, I am earth, wind, and fire. Hot. (laughs) Uh, Capricorn, sun. Gemini Rising and Leo Moon. Hi, my name is Rafaela Landestoy. 
she, her pronouns. I am a Afro-Latina from the Bay Area. Aries, Sagittarius, Moon, and Rising. And I know, sorry for all of you that just got scared and a little triggered. I, I get it. Um, and my queer fact would be that I am a proud cat mom. Shout out to Nugget. Shout out to Nugget White Paw Vasquez. <laughs> Shout out to Nugget. <laughs> <laughs> This team has been such a gift and so wonderful. And, you know, having this episode today talking about some like some real, real topics that I feel like don't get talked about enough. And I think that we just jump on to, OK, new year, new me and just sweep the, the rest under the rug. So I, I appreciate you guys coming on today and being a part of this with me. I agree. It's. I think it became clear to all of us when we had our weekly meetings for the podcast that we were all kind of going through our own processing and healing from the holiday season and, you know, family and friends and all those that we love, but that deeply affect us and sometimes not always in the best way, unfortunately. But we felt that it was important to come together and use this space that we have cultivated together as a space for not just us to heal, but for our listeners. And hopefully, you know, the things that we talk about today can bring some healing and understanding for whoever's out there listening. It's important. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we realize that there are some people out there who are very curious about our theme of radical acceptance and self-love. And we thought that we will dive into this together and give you all our definitions of what we feel radical acceptance and self-love is for us and how we got there or how we got to the place of desire to have that for ourselves. And so I'm going to throw the mic at you, Stevie, and let you let the world know a little piece of your brain towards <laughs> radical <laughs> acceptance and self-love. I would eat your brain. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I would eat your brain. Oh my God. And your brain. Right? <laughs> Just eating brains all day. This is now a zombie channel. Zombie healing. Renewal. Um, radical acceptance to me is, um, I want to start with this quote. The curious paradox is when I accept myself, I can change. And I think this quote has really been one of those things that are just so meaningful. Understanding where I might not be able to accomplish something because of my personal limitations and not resigning in that, but rather taking action effectively to still be significant within myself without the external validation. It's definitely a constant practice. It's not like this is how I am all the time. I always have like these feelings, like even today, like I texted my friend and I was like, I feel lame. But it's like taking the time to like have aftercare and shared spaces with people who are supportive to who you are and remind you of this core really brings me peace. 
And then ultimately it brings me to self-love. I mean, this comes back full circle. Community heals. Mm-hmm. They remind you. Yeah. Like, community is secure. Exactly. Yeah. They, chosen community reminds you who you are, grounds you back into who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's powerful. Mm-hmm. And remember how we were talking about like blood family versus like chosen family and yeah. like blood family. Like I think recently what I was reminded of was it's okay to sit with the people you love and their differences as long as you are still honored and loved and then so like that's the blood family right and then the chosen family like it's more of like an acceptance and a receiving because like because it's a chosen family it's it's like you're a lot more alignment in thought and like morals etc etc right yeah yeah but then it's also still like a degree there to sit with those differences as long as you're still honored and loved and And that brings me to you having you define Rafaela for yourself, what radical acceptance and self-love looks for you. It's funny that this episode is happening when it's happening. I think for all of us, we've kind of talked about how it feels very like poignant to where we are in our lives. And specifically for me, it's very poignant with where I am in my life. Radical acceptance was an idea for a very long time. It was like that dream that I had. And I think right now where I am is when I'm finally having to put the training wheels on and figure out what that means for me and actually actively choose to do it. And so I was sitting with it yesterday of like, what is the difference between acceptance and radical acceptance? And what I came to is that radical acceptance is the active choice to choose yourself, right? Mm. So what I wrote Mm. down was the action of asserting yourself into the narrative of life instead of allowing the narrative of others become your life. Mm. You know? Yes. So super powerful. Yeah. And can you explain what that means for you? Yeah. So. I'm at, I'm realizing now where I'm at in my life that I lived most of my adult life for others in some way or another. And it got to the point where it was so ingrained in my core self and my core energy that I didn't realize it at all until recently that I put the opinions and the choices of how other people thought I should live my life over my own and to the point where I didn't really know who I was and what my life was supposed to be or how I wanted my life to be. And recently I've Mm. had to come to like face that reality and really actively decide that I am no longer gonna let that happen. As hard as that is to do with family and those you care about, it's secretly a blessing in disguise because it it Mm -hmm. really pushes you to define yourself for yourself in a way that isn't necessarily common when you aren't faced with Mm -hmm. like people that don't agree with what you think you are, (laughs) you know? And Mm -hmm. yeah, I think radical acceptance is the action of Mm -hmm. it's, it's that, that fire that you find within yourself to assert who you are in spaces 
Mm, take up space. And take, yeah, and taking up space. Yeah, take space. Taking up space. You know, I just want to say, like, I think that it's so beautiful that you've offered so much grace and understanding and extended that to people in your life. And thank you. That is like a form of like fighting. And now that like the boundary has been pushed to a point where it's affecting you in a negative way, mm-hmm. it's okay to set that boundary, mm-hmm. you know, because that's like the autonomy of radical acceptance, right? You can choose to allow like that grace and understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you've hit capacity, like it's also okay to say, hey, like I've hit capacity. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And this affects me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm proud of you. That's, it's not easy stating a boundary at all, especially with people that you love. Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy at yeah. all. I think we've all faced that in, in some form of another, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't think it's ever really going to get sure. easier, but it's necessary. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I really love about this team is like, I remember there was this one time where like I, I spoke up about like my feelings and the, the space itself was so supportive. It wasn't like people like siding. It was just like, yeah. well, let's help translate what's going on. Mm. And then at the end, it was like, understanding that it was just different perspectives and different wounds from the past of whatever that was. Mm -hmm. V, what about you? How do you define radical acceptance? Well, I think for me, when this question was asked for me, the first thing I did was look up what radical meant. So... I looked at the definition and found through like Cambridge University because I tried to find like a definition that didn't have a viewpoint behind it. So I chose like, what's a dictionary that will give me uh, unbiased viewpoints? (laughs) So what it means is that it's an adjective and it's like being an example of great change. And that put me into the thought of like be an example of great change for acceptance i think that the way with my upbringing it was always the opposite it wasn't acceptance it was always like you need to do more of this you need to do more of that but not only from home but from school from The world, just like the world constantly reminding me or trying to make me have this belief that I am not enough. And I think where that comes around is that changing my perspective, like a huge change of not believing, of not believing that. And by existing simply on of who I am and just showing up no matter how hard it is in whatever part of my life I arrive by doing it and holding my head up high and just accepting that either those people can jump on the train or if they want to stay behind, they can stay behind. That's up to them because I've come to a point where I've accepted that I am a gift. And if you don't want, you don't want this gift, 
<laughs> you know, your loss. And, and I think that brings me to like conditional love and unconditional love. And I think that for that radical acceptance, we have to take away those conditions. But at the same time, there's there's still that layer of like protecting ourself. Sometimes that acceptance will have to come with accepting bad parts of people or I don't want to say bad parts of people. I would, let's say human limitations because attachments are what hold us back, our attachments to our beliefs, to a lot of these different things. But to wrap all of this up, <laughs> basically like my radical acceptance is me living in my queer joy, my visibility, my radical acceptance comes with radical action. It's accepting every part of who I am for me, not for what everybody else is trying to tell me I should be. Yep. But also on the same front of it, trying to do the same and accept others for where they're at and not try to have my ideas and judgments placed on them where I think they need to be. Yeah. So radical acceptance for yourself yeah. and for others. Yeah. So yeah. basically of nothing that I can't control. If I can't control it, that's what it is. Except that I have no control over nothing but myself. Definitely. In obsessing of things that I can't control, I've started to see it more as, as an inconvenience. So rather reframing and shifting towards myself and what I can control and then like allowing the things externally to just be. And um, I really am so proud of you. Like V, I actually listened to this story from someone like I very much respect. And they were talking about finding the significance within themselves versus receiving the significance uh, from uh, external validation. And I feel to a degree I've done that, but sometimes when I hear things said so clearly, I want to take a moment to honor that aspect and realize that like, that's not an easy task. Yeah. Proud of you. <laughs> Same. Thank you. Same. Thank you. It's def it definitely wasn't an easy process. Right? <laughs> wrapped up all you are nice and deliciously it, it, too. <laughs> it it's taken a lot to to get here. My beliefs used to be a lot darker in being that no one will notice if I'm gone. So I've mm. I've gone from that extreme to now where I'm at now. Mm. I feel that. That brings me to the holidays, the whole reason why we're talking about holiday aftercare, because I thought about my own family dynamic and how during this time when I, I was so dark is because I was living for everyone else. Like my family was very vocal on how they felt I should live my life and how they felt that I should present myself to the world. And the moves that I needed to make in life to be successful. And my whole life I've always thought that my success will equate my worth, will thus equate the love that I receive from my family. 
So I think that in the beginning, when I would go to the holidays, I was afraid because I was like, they're going to come, you know, I'm not even going to go in the details, but just mention, oh, I might go in the details, (laughs) but like from my weight to my sexuality, to my hair, to, you know, my job, to my car, to a lot of different things, to my relationships, to, you know, it was like I, I was under a microscope. And I wasn't just there to be there for the holidays. To now, you know, like I can just be there and exist exactly the way that I am. And they enjoy me. They enjoy me and I enjoy them. And I just feel so much more present. And honestly, maybe a little safer. Yo, that resonates with me so much. Yeah, because uh, I've had like similar experiences with my family, like as far as, you know, different family members saying different things as far as like my body type or little things. And with family, I think like sometimes we forget that they're human and with people closest that they're human because to a degree how I see my family is almost like deities, God, mm. superhuman. Mm. You know what yeah. I mean? I put them on a pedestal. Yeah. And so being under a microscope and just like the judgment, right? Like mm-hmm. I want them to be completely aligned because I feel my way is right. But then I realize how human they are and how human I am. Mm-hmm. And they're just taking what they know from their experiences in life and like whatever like ecosystem that they grew up in. And they're just trying to love me the best that I, that they can and the way that they know how, you know, mm-hmm. it might not be the right way, but I think with my family, like I've always felt this like very strong support for me to just be who I am. I think it kind of started in this sort of like American dream constructed way where it was like, go to college, marry a good man, have kids, like live a good life. And then I was like, I'm gay. And they're like, well, are you happy? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, all right, go to college, have some kids, <laughs> live a good life. And I was like, I don't know if institutionalized education is for me. They're like, are you happy? And I'm like, they're like, okay. And they're like, it continued on. And so I felt like this level of support to still kind of experiment or just like figure out who I am because what is figuring yourself out but experimenting and putting yourself in uncomfortable situations or... Yeah things right but yeah like I can that that resonates with me so much with what you're saying as far as being loved in the wrong way sometimes how would you say that because you talked about coming from a place of being very like emotionally affected by your family and the way that they were treating you v and like the criticisms that they were giving you to now getting to the point where you are able to exist fully within yourself and enjoy and be more present. Like, what do you feel was the aha moments that got you to be able to get to that point? Because I think we're all, all three of us are kind of at a different spectrum and like timeline of kind of the same idea, which is like radical acceptance for for ourselves and for others. But like, what is it that you felt worked for you to get to that point? understanding why they were being so critical of me. Mm. 
Like they asked me about my weight fluctuation because they might have been concerned about my thyroid uh, or that maybe I wasn't eating or taking care of myself. When I gained weight, they were concerned that it could potentially be my thyroid or like it could be something else like diabetes or gout. And then realizing that the frustration is not necessarily from them, but rather it's from the societal pressures of being a certain fitness or mm. body type, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? And in that, their intention was very, like, much about love, right? Their impact was negative because of my wound that was developed in me through societal pressures to be fit. So we already got all this shame and guilt from society and then our folks just kind of like exacerbate that even more. And then we're just like defeated for a moment. Right. right. And then, but then realizing like right. they're actually trying to communicate something else, but their delivery just really sucks. Well, yeah. I mean, like, I'm not saying this is true for everyone, but I think yeah. this is just more my personal situation with my parents realizing that it wasn't like a malicious thing to just like pick at me. Cause I do think that some people just pick on some people, you know, yeah. but my parents, it was more like concern for me. And like that helped me to like give them grace and be like, you know, they're not asking me about my weight cause you know, they want to be mean. They're asking me about my weight because they're concerned for my health. Cause they love me. That's lovely that you have that, idea of your folks or that you have that trust that that is what your folks were that that they're coming from there and I and I think that for my own personal thing it's a little harder for me to trust that same I think for that sure. deep in my heart I know that they love the heck out of me and I think that sometimes that the safety of the reputation of the family sometimes can come first before yep. my feelings, before yep. my experience. Sure. And mm -hmm. so sometimes I feel like because the reputation of the family that my family's beliefs are projected onto me because I'm not fitting that idea of how I should represent this family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think that's definitely similar to my experience too, where there's the sense that you are a reflection of their character in some way or another. Mm -hmm. And yeah. everything that you do say or act on is going to either make them look good or look bad to those around them. And then having that projected back on you. I think but that's I, like a common thing for sure. I did want to answer your, your question, though. I don't know if you had. Yeah. And was that directed toward me? Or? Well, I love CV's answer, and I probably should have directed it to both of you. So, yeah. yeah. Go ahead but and answer. To answer your question, my, my aha moments of being able to get from that dark space and to the level of acceptance that I am at now was like, honestly, multiple things throughout the years that I'm still experiencing to where I guess you want to call them like spiritual awakenings where I read the book, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. 
that like really sparked it all for me and was just like wait a minute like I'm living in the past or I'm living in the future and both of these places they don't exist but I'm living there like that blew my mind and then also the five levels of attachment from Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. where he talks about like basically what he's saying is like if you change your thoughts you change your world that that's a quote from someone else named Norman Vincent Peale. If you change your thoughts, you change your world. Like that also blew my mind too, because it was just kind of like, I was always like, oh, this is the hand I'm dealt with. So I'm stuck with this, like, that's it. And never thought of like, oh, well, if I change what's going on in here, this hand that I'm dealt with completely changes. And that also blew my mind. And lastly, there's a book, by a queer woman. Her name is Debbie Ford. It's called The Dark Side of the Light Chasers. And basically, like, she has this analogy of a castle. And there's these rooms. And some of these rooms are dusty as heck. And when you open that door, it's an experience in your life where somebody made you feel shame, where somebody made you feel guilt, where somebody really embarrassed the... I'm going to say embarrassed the fuck out of you that... You never want to do that action ever again. And in that, she says that these rooms are sometimes the reasons why we're so judgmental on other people. So then I got to the point of like, all right, I need to clean these rooms up. And that came with accepting me, accepting what was done to me and how I can view what happened to me and also not put somebody else in that predicament. Hmm. Yeah. So whenever I get to the point of like judging someone from something, I'm like, ooh, did somebody do that to me? I I actually stop and think about like, oh, why am I judging this person like this? Yeah. Somebody must have did this to me. Yeah, that reminds me of the idea. And I think we've talked about this in our own spiritual practices because it, it comes up a lot in what we do, this idea of breaking generational curses, right? Mm-hmm. And... I was talking to my therapist about this recently of like, when you first come in contact with this concept, at least for me, like I saw it as this like whimsical, you know, like you're breaking these like feather voodoo bottles and then like you crash it and then all the curses have dissipated in your life. And then now you're like perfectly aligned in Kumbaya all the fucking time. (laughs) And it's so not that. It is so chaotic. It's It's so ugly. It's It's so painful. There's a lot of tears. There's a lot of like ugly crying in a corner. Like it's not easy. And I think that has brought me a lot of healing too of like understanding why certain people in my life have not been able to get to this point for themselves because realistically like we've been given the privilege now in this lifetime to be able to have these hard conversations with people and having the space and having these like terms and definitions of things that our parents and their grandparents didn't have and also on top of that having kids and jobs and capitalism and patriarchy like there's so many layers to what it was to be in the world prior to us being around that like it would almost be a disservice to not have that be put into the context of the conversation what we're doing now and these conversations is a part of 
breaking those generational curses is like starting to hold ourselves, our actions and those around us accountable, you know, so that we don't continue these patterns in our lives and in those around us. Yeah. Yeah. I like the way that you put that, Rafi, because it's just like, because I'm receiving that in the perspective of myself, right? I'm a first generation to this country and my parents are immigrants and their generational curse and like whatever they dealt with in their experience from their country. Now that, you know, I'm here first generation, I have the opportunity to heal that, whatever that is for them, right? Or like for the bloodline, for Mm -hmm. the genes, right? Mm -hmm. Not necessarily them, but for the bloodline. So I really like the way that you frame that, the opportunity to break that generational curse because we are no longer in that environment of that and we can almost create what we need yeah. to do, right? That brings me to a thought I had when also when I was thinking about like defining radical acceptance of the fact that how I'm here today came through pain came through colonization, came from love, came from perseverance. The fact that such dark things came out, but all or such such love and such like perseverance came out of such a dark place. Like both of those things coexisting is why I exist today. Rem- makes me remember that those two things still need to exist with me. Yeah. And accepting that. Yeah. Instead of being hard on myself because I'm not perfect or Mm -hmm. because I don't speak Spanish or Tagalog or Visayan or I don't know cultural traditions from either tribe I'm part of. So or that I have melanated skin and living in America like, (laughs) you know, there's all these layers and layers of things that my whole life like. I felt like was holding me down and being like, you're not enough of this. You're not enough of that. So you need more education. You need to go learn this. You need to go learn that. When I'm realizing it's not about what I need to learn. It's about what I need to unlearn. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. And the deconstruction period is hard. Yeah. You know, like it is hard. Yeah. I yeah. remember like I remember when I decided I didn't want to go to college anymore and I was working a retail job and I just kind of like accepted that. Mm. You know, and like I think of like the space I was in then versus kind of like taking in I guess the lies that society constructs and finding my significance. I don't know. I I would have never dreamed then to be doing what I do today or just like where I am today, even like on this, like, I mean. Same. I don't know. Like the more you come into acceptance of your environment and the more you find the significance within yourself, I just feel um, the sky's the limit. I know that thus far we've been very vulnerable and I just really thought of something that I'm currently struggling with right now is my capacity 
to forgive. I've noticed that I have a very forgiving heart for a lot of different things. And there's other things that come up that it's just a little bit harder for me f- to forgive. Like I let go of a big part of it, but then there's still the little, the, just a little bit of resentment just chilling. <laughs> and, you know, I'm just, I'm just really curious. Like Stevie and Rafi, like what is your process to forgive? I think that a good way for me to explain it is that recently a really good friend in of mine and I are having differences and it is something I feel we will never align on in my heart. And I love this person so much to my core. And I think right now what we have to do is just change the dynamic to save the love. And that's okay. I really think that that's okay because I I really believe that love is a choice. And when we understand our own capacity and how that love or that person might impact you in a way that you don't feel significant. I think it's okay to reframe and reformat that love so that you can really bring just that like sincere gratitude and love for them. And I really believe that they want the same for me because in my heart, our love is so real. So it's easy for me to forgive and embrace those differences because I know that this person loves me so much. But it's okay to define your boundaries and capacity. And I believe that we will be okay and I believe that our love will be stronger and I think that's just kind of the faith that you have to have when you choose love I was um I was listening to an audio book (laughs) by I think her name is Tara Brock it's called Radical Acceptance Embracing Your Life with the Heart of Buddha and one thing that came up or I think like just in my research or just like kind of like going through all of this it was this quote by Albert Ellis the emotionally mature individual should completely accept the fact that we live in a world of probability and chance where there are not nor probably ever will be any absolute certainties and should realize that it is not at all horrible releasing control basically Right. Yeah. And just accepting things as they are, loving people as they are. I don't know. I feel like me just being as I am uh, has really benefited me my whole life. And I definitely attribute that to a very like lucky space. Like I'm super fortunate with my family just loving me at every single stage of my life. I radically accept that. And that's not 
I don't even know if that's like a radical acceptance thing, but I know it's not common for sure. And I just want that to be my gift to the world is to offer people support where they are. I think I needed that more than I realize as I sit here in my radical acceptance that there's a lot of forgiveness that I still need to I still need to work through and get to because I think that sure it's anger is there but I think underneath that is pain because either my safety or someone I love safety was taken away and ignored and I'm such a protector over those I love sometimes it's hard to find that forgiveness because I'm such a soldier for those I love like that we're put in a predicament of being unsafe that continue to be in spaces that make them feel unsafe and I'm trying to find how to do that forgiveness, how to sit in that love towards some someone that continues to make someone I feel or that I love unsafe. If, whether that's me, because I love me, or whether that's somebody else. Just that constant feeling of unsafety it's like I am still learning how to navigate through that but I know I do have that desire because I know that forgiveness will release me it won't release them of accountability or any of that but it'll release my hurt that I relive like that I am crying now trying to explain to you about. I really feel like, you know, I'm so scared of this change in this relationship with this person that I love so much. I'm so scared because I love them so much. Yeah, Yeah. it's like processing these things together. Yeah, And, and the thing that really sparked me recently about forgiveness was watching like uh, a Don Miguel Ruiz podcast on YouTube and he said forgiveness is the moment you no longer wish the past was different and you accept it and then you let it go and that hit me so hard because Mm. we're trying to change the past when you were talking about that like forgiveness is release like it it's true. It's not for them. It's because like I can't control them. It's for myself because I don't want to keep looking backwards because what's done is done. I just want to love them for now and support them for now in their future. And, you know, I really believe that that's what they also want for me. I think that that's still a love to be honored, even though we are so different. Yeah, and I think that the the best way that forgiveness has worked for me so far is through distance. Yeah, and sometimes that's what it is, right? It's dependent on the relationship and like the safety you feel within that yeah, relationship exactly. to speak and to talk. 
right? Like, yeah. the healthier relationships that we have in our lives, we feel like we're allowed to be more vulnerable and okay. Like, if you ask me, like, I never thought that I would be in front of a camera, like, okay, <laughs> with kind of like explaining my feelings and crying. But I feel like because of this dynamic in the circle in my life and the network in my life that really value my vulnerability, like, I mean, I, I'm still going to say, like, it, I definitely have feelings about it, but, like, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's also okay. Like, like, yeah. You know? It makes it easier when you're supported. Yeah, it makes it easier, for sure. For sure. Yeah. To, to just be honest about those feelings and yeah. to say what needs to be said. You yeah. know, it doesn't have to be, like, this big dramatic scene where you're just resisting the way that somebody feels. Because feelings do matter. There are triggers to something that is not sitting right with our with our nervous system. Yeah. And taking that introspective pause to understand what's not sitting well and our capacity to then confront and deal with certain things, I think is a really important step in radical acceptance, right? Being able to experience the moment in the now and truly understanding yourself and who you are so that you can lean into your autonomy and mm -hmm. make decisions for yourself for the future in the world and love that you want to create yeah it's the autonomy it's the like that's the active radical choice of asserting yourself into situations whether that be through like communication or boundaries that aspect of it at least for me is is the point where i'm at now where this is the first step that needs to be taken in order for me to have the capacity to forgive is to start loving and accepting myself first in a way that I haven't been given and learning to do that for myself so that I can then put energy towards other people's experiences. Cause for a very long time, like I, lived in the projection of other people's experiences over my own in a way that I didn't have a choice of. You know, I wasn't given a choice to assert what I was feeling or what I needed. Because you didn't feel safe. Yeah, because I didn't feel safe. And, you know, safety has been, safety came up a lot for me in this idea of radical acceptance. Is like, it's, I'm at the point now where it's really, it's like physical in the sense that like the only way that I know what the right decision is for me is how it feels in my body when I think about certain things. Like, okay, if this is the decision that I'm going to make for myself, how does that idea feel for me? And if it feels anxious, if it feels unsafe, then I need to at this point be strong enough to assert that I'm not gonna put myself in those situations then. If I have the active choice you know, there's going to be situations where you walk into things that make you feel unsafe and you can't, you can't control it. You can't change control it. And that's it. fine. Yeah. yeah. But there is, there are moments in life where you have a choice and that's where I'm at now where I'm like, okay, in those moments where I have a choice, I need to assert my needs and then go from mm -hmm. there, you know, and let the cards fall Take how they're going to fall. I was reflecting back on like what you guys were talking about of like how you've been able to find forgiveness for those in your life. And I've always, I've found that like with 
you guys and like the relationship that I have with you and the relationship that I have with V, even though I'm not at these points in my life yet, knowing that I have people around me that are at those points or are able to be reflections of those ideas proves to me that I'm on the right path, right? Like it's almost like when you choose the family around you that fit with the ideas of who you want to have around you, right? Like they fit your morals, they fit like your, they understand your boundaries, they give you unconditional love, they become like the stepping stones for who you are to become later on, you know, because you're given these safe spaces to process emotions and go through life in a way that feels safe. I'm very grateful for this team and how we've been able to do that for each other continually. I think that's a great gift that we've been giving, and I'm glad that we're able to put that outwards to the world, to whoever's listening. I want to touch on something that you said, Rafi, because it's a perfect example of what I was saying about Veronica Perez, Veronica Lightning Horse, Veronica Lightning Horse Perez. On IG, basically, they are talking about there's nothing wrong with wanting to feel significant, but rather maybe what we should do is look at the issues of finding significance through external validation. And in your story, I heard that or I I saw the correlation from your experience in like giving so much and taking care of like others needs right and then realizing what you had to do for yourself and realizing the significance within yourself and even in your story be like finding the significance in yourself rather than the external validation of like judgment thoughts etc cetera, etc cetera, and how that feels so healing to you like that's tight yeah yeah and i think that spaces like this teams like this friends like this chosen family like this is what is gonna evolve us is as human beings Mm -hmm. you know like cultivating people around us that are gonna Call us out on our shit, but with grace. And if not with grace, then we fully know and understand that they're coming from love and we both trust on on both sides that it's from a loving place. Because two sides on the defense goes nowhere. So like having these spaces where we can just exist, we can not be afraid to fuck up, and have the trust that if I do mess up, somebody's going to tell me something. But by telling me that, you know, you're allowing me the space to grow instead of judging me because I'm not. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. I that feel me? that. I'm not trying to be inconvenienced by warfare. You know what I mean? I have a lot of stuff to do. <laughs> you know, and like, I just feel like fighting is such a waste of time. If you just like accept things as they are, then maybe like you eliminate some of those stressors out of your life. Mm -hmm. And you like know what you can focus your energy and your attention on. 
So on that note, I just, I really wanted to thank y'all for joining me on this conversation and being here as a team on this really heavy topic, on many heavy topics that we touched on today. Super heavy. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad we made it. We made yeah. it to today. Thanks for having Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, same. It's always an adventure and a quest. Oh, I was yeah. about to say, uh, oh. I like your shirt, V. <laughs> for those of y'all that but didn't know there. what I did when I said quest, I'm wearing our new merch for our podcast, and we have quest written on the shirt, and I rubbed my hand down my chest on Ooh, the word turning into another quest. podcast <laughs> <laughs> subscribe for that one but uh if you want to see exactly what went down you could just check out youtube and see see what's up check out these shirts and uh if you want one dm us and uh we'll we'll make it happen my thank yous to you both for being here and sharing some very 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 hard things Vulnerably, openly, lovingly, honestly. I appreciate the world out of both of you and love you so deeply. The feelings mutual. I love you too. We have so much more to explore and share with you on the pod. Tap that follow or subscribe button to get every episode as soon as it's released. And give us a five-star rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And join our wellness community on Instagram at Quest Wellness Pod. This podcast was produced in collaboration by Kinoko Chocolates and Puka Puka Creative. Executive producer, Stevie Kwa. Producer, editor, and sound designer, Leah Jackson. Associate producer, Rafaela Landestoy. Original music produced by Basque. His music is amazing. And we can't forget the emotional support by our fur babies, Frankie, Nugget, and Pukalani. I forgot I was so nervous that I put this crystal right here. <laughs> Where? In your hair? Oh, no way. In your, in On your, your third, third eye? eye? Fuck yeah. yeah. That's fucking hot, Stevie. I fucking love you. That's hot. That's so hot.